Welcome to the Mark Staley Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Staley, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Staley, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music, including my new track, Dog Park, is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you an extra buck or two that you wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by John Mayer. Life is a beautiful thing. Pack a bag. Make a playlist. Watch the world. Don't speak. Just listen. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 106. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a chilly day here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Just signed up for the Shutter Network since it's Halloween season, and I'm completely addicted. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Thanks to TK for sharing the pecking order of the Pub 42 regulars, notes were taken. Saturday, I played a solo show at Pure and Simple in Amory, Wisconsin. Fun fall festival day, food, games, live music, face painting, what more could you want? Saturday, Brian K. Johnson and myself rocked out at Vanelli's by the Lake in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Great to see the Foss family back in action and excited for Freddie Jr.'s birthday next month. Shows. Wednesday, October 25th, 2017, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, October 26th, Brian Johnson and myself will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in Roseville, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Friday, October 27th, I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, October 28th, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at GPI, a.k.a. Gosnell's Packer Inn in Prairie Farm, Wisconsin for their annual Halloween bash from 8 to 11 p.m. is part one of two with Minnesota singer-songwriter Ash St. John. We discuss guitar lessons, Iowa, The Quest, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Ash St. John, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How are you doing today there, man? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. We're here at Gabe's in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota. Thank you to Kevin Montpettit for having us in the rock star back room like the old 
green room here, and Kelly, our bartender, our waitress this evening, has decked it out. There's big, huge uh, stuffed death <laughs> behind me, which is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah, a little ominous. So pretty sweet. Yeah. So you were saying that uh, you've been here before? Oh, many times. Yeah. I used to. This is an Iowa bar on Saturdays for the Hawkeyes, and I'm a Hawkeye. I'm from Iowa, and. Um, went to the University of Iowa in 1999 04, and so graduated there. So I'm, it runs in my blood and heard about this place and come out here on a Saturday and there's the, 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 the Iowa flags are up and people are getting, getting down. thought it was a Packer bar. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was a Packer, Packer bar. They just support you, all the, the neighboring states. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, Ash St. John is another, is a musician around the Twin Cities. I just met him a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago at my ingredients show. And Rebecca, who runs ingredients, kind of just in charge. And so after my show, I always get the Shrimp Diablo. And she kind of sat Ash and I together, and Ash had sat there for the show. And here we had a million things in common. We're BSing about the music biz. He's a fellow musician. kind of neat stories like hey man you should be on the podcast so just happened to work out and, and and here we are games bs you're just getting not done with lessons right yeah i teach um guitar violin piano ukulele maybe a little voice whoever will, whatever will, um whoever will take me um and on tuesdays i'm pretty busy i work from about three till uh, right before i got here so wow. got about seven so students that you teach half hour Half hour? Yep. Range everywhere from about five at the most years old. I, I, I'm not so good with the four-year-olds and three-year-olds, but yeah, above five, I can usually teach you something. Can they retain anything at five years old? You know, at five years old, I compare it to more of like a music class, you know, yeah. rather than we're learning piano and we're learning guitar. No, we're, we're listening to high and low sounds and we're having a good time and we're building a positive rapport and that sort of thing. Once you get to about first grade, the reading really kicks in. And once they hit that, the, the, you know, the attention span gets a little bit uh, longer and they're not just bouncing off the walls. And before, you know, at around five years old, I really don't do five, uh, even uh, half hour lessons. It's more like 10, 15 minutes at most, whatever they can squeeze in. So it's, and usually they just, the parents will just throw in their, their five-year-old with their, with their eight or 10-year-old. Like, let's just throw them in for 10 minutes here and see what happens. And yeah. that's usually how that works at that age. Cool. As long as they have a good time, huh? Pretty much. Um, yeah. So I used to teach lessons years and years ago in Hudson, Wisconsin at Mars Music. And uh, this was years and years ago, like mm -hmm. 15, 12, 15 years ago. And, um, oh, don't mind them, this group of folks here, these sports guys at, at games here, they've been on every single podcast. <laughs> have they? recorded the games. They sit here every Tuesday. Tuesday, And huh? cuss and swear, and they look over here weird. <laughs> they're, like, they're what are these guys the, doing? They're part of the ambiance, just like the trivia in the background. It's all I love good. it. Um, 
So anyway, I used to teach lessons down in Hudson. And Kelly again on the show. Thank you very much, Kelly. Appreciate it. The decorations look wonderful. Sure. Um, and I got fried out on it. How do you teach and not get too fried out on it when they don't rehearse? Or, or do you have a pretty consistent, good group of people? You know, I think I'm pretty lucky that way. I hear that same story from most people. And you know what? I, I have my ups and downs. If I was needing to pay every bill and make every single dollar from teaching, I think I might, yeah, I wouldn't be doing this. That's for sure. I do many other things. We'll get to that later. But this, you know, is, you know, a good portion of my income, but I do other things to supplement the gigging and then my side jobs in the summer and then whatever else comes up on the side, just weddings, things like that. And that keeps me about level. But, and I also don't, I try to keep Fridays out of the equation. I don't teach on the on the weekends at all. Uh, I keep Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday pretty busy. Thursday is, you know, fairly busy, but you know, I keep about 20 to 25 a week. If I was getting into, if I wanted to do this all and eliminate most of my other side jobs, I feel like I would need about 40 students a week and I think then I would be getting into what you're talking about. But even 20 to you probably sounds maybe like a lot. I don't know. I guess I'm I've gotten really lucky. I have a lot of families that I do at least two of their kids. I have a few that I do three. I've even done a doctor's kids of four in one sitting, you know, just stay there for a couple, three hours, and and it goes pretty well. Uh, I have some that just, you know, they don't, we don't connect or it, it doesn't work out, and so they just kind of fall by the wayside, I guess, and that's just kind of how it works sometimes. In the beginning, I was going everywhere in the cities. I would be going down to Farmington. I would be running over to Prior Lake. I would be, and for me, I live in White Bear. That's uh, really far. I'd be down in Lakeville. I would be going to St. Paul, then I'd be going to South Minneapolis. And I just needed the, 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 the money. I needed the experience. And wherever I, whoever would take me, I would go and be miserable in my car and be putting on crazy mileage and <laughs> this and that. And now finally, after a while now, I, I can centralize and, um, you know, in, in certain areas. And, and keep myself busy. Like you said, you're teaching a million different things. That's got to keep it that interesting, too. That is a huge thing, I think, I too. I tried a gimmick a couple years ago. I don't know if I had a slow stretch or gigs or I wanted to get into the teaching again. And mm-hmm. I was teaching in my hometown one day a week or every other week guitar lessons and stuff. And that was actually pretty fun. I had some good students, too. But I, I really like to play harmonica. You've heard me play harmonica. I have. And I was like, uh, I'll teach harmonica lessons. I didn't get one student. <laughs> it is hard to teach harmonica, though. Like, you're teaching stuff you can see. Like, harmonica, you can't see what you're doing. It's in your mouth. You can't say, put your tongue here or blow here, because you can't oh, see it. Never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't know much about harmonica. But, yeah, I, I hear you on that. I mean, For me, it really hit me when I had my first real deal recital. I've had small get-togethers and um, showcase for parents and family with the, uh, with with uh, some of the students' families, and that was pretty cool. But then I finally had a recital after all these years. I finally made a real deal recital like uh, at, a, at a church and had a lot of my students, I think all but one was able to show up. And that's when I really got to sit back and see the, you know, the eclectic nature of what I can provide. So I would see a kid that was seven go up there and play a violin tune, and then I had a high schooler go up there and play Metallica. And then I had, you know, 
somebody go up there and sing a tune. And I have a couple that actually we play tunes. We, we learn some, you know, I try to span my lessons like, you know, if it's a half hour, we'll... I try to still throw in the necessary music theory type of things, but try to sprinkle it in in a way that doesn't feel too bad and make it exciting, and then dive right into something they might like. Tonight I taught a young lady, and we did some little bit of scales, and I try to apply it to the singer-songwriter stuff that she loves in a way that she can figure out songs on her own. So instead of me just looking up the tabs and being like, oh, let's just learn this song, I try to have them use their ear to hear the chords and then give them a ground of basis, like figure out the key, and then from there find out probably what chords are going to be in this song it's going to be your one, four, five, six, all that stuff. All you guys know about that. And try to give them them tool, those tools and, um, and have fun with it that way. So, I mean, uh, anyways, back to that recital. I was up there and I was just like looking back at my kids and I was like, this is pretty cool. And that's, I got a lot of feedback. Like I, we just, the other parents didn't know that because they would see their only, their violinist or their pianist. And then they would come to this recital and see the span of ages and range of talent and range of instruments. And, and that's when I realized how lucky I have been. I can't say that it's going to be like this forever, but I've gotten to the point where I've weed, you know, weeded out some parts of the cities and I've got people that I have to say no to because you're too far away or I'm um, just too busy on that night and sorry, let's maybe hook up, you know, next semester or something like that. So, wow, that's great. So how do the kids respond to those church shows? Why I'm framing this up is that um, I was having breakfast, I think it was my bass player a few months back. Mm-hmm. And I happened at this place in near my hometown, uh, and I happened to sit next to my childhood piano and guitar teachers. I haven't seen them in like 30 years, 20 years. And I told them, I said, and they're great people, um, uh, was Mary Ellen and Lemoyne McLaughlin. Doesn't that sound piano teacherish? It does. And they're totally cool. cool But I said, I said, the most nervous I've ever been in my life out of any show, any gig, (laughs) any audition was walking up in that auditorium by myself to go sit at that piano and play some Mozart or whatever it was. Yes. And I think it. I don't, was it good or was it traumatizing? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it did help you. Forget that's for sure. So. Anyway, so we were talking all that kind of stuff and whatever. So um, do you try to, is it similar for you and the kids? It's kind of like a part of the learning is being able to play in front of people and you know, using a different part of your brain to handle all the nerve stuff while you're doing it. But true. Or is it more of just kind of a whatever environment? I guess for me, I look at the recital first and foremost as a reason to work towards something big you know rather than thinking about the actual performance you know we have six weeks till the till the recital we have six lessons um this amount of time let's just not play the next song in our lesson book let's find something challenging let's go beyond where we're at in like our curriculum and and work something beyond where we're at so that we can really uh you know barrel forward and make a level up. Um, but then as far as the recital goes, you know, I there are are some kids that, you know, are, you can tell are got the deer in the headlights, but everybody made it through. Everybody always does. <laughs> you know, I hopefully they aren't they aren't traumatized and and hopefully I've created a, a, a you know <laughs> and hopefully I've created a a good you know a, a positive enough environment. <laughs> you know, and I try to make it as easy on them as possible. Like if 
um, if the student wanted me to sit by them or accompany them or even play with them, I will do that. But if it's if we can push you up there by yourself and let me, you know, move away from you and just take that 30 seconds or a minute, whatever it might be, and and get through it, you'll feel very proud of yourself. And 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 it's great to show, you know, if you're a little older, you know, show these younger kids, you know, what all their hard work can actually become. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, so you said you're from Iowa, and now you're up in White Bear. What was And that's what I want to talk to you, too. It's a, it, I love talking to folks that you know, make it in the music business as well, either it be teaching or performing, songwriting, doing all the kind of stuff, doing whatever we can to get by to make, it in the, to, to make a living doing music. So how long have you been doing this? Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Iowa, went to school in um, Iowa City, Got done with college and was like, oh, crap, you know, it's like, well, I've been in school my whole life. What, what the hell am I going to do? And um, I got friends in Chicago, got friends down south and, you know, other places. And I have friends in Minneapolis. And a friend just kind of won by offering me a place to live because I didn't have any rental history or a whole lot of money for a deposit. He's like, I, I manage a place and I can just get you in. I'm like, done. We're going up there. And that's been here ever since. So that, that was 2004. And here I am. You know, and at first I just... You know, got a job at Best Buy and working at the front desk at Lifetime Fitness. I, I still played music, and I knew I wanted to do music. Even back then, I was an aspiring singer-songwriter, but no huge aspirations. Just this place was just blowing my mind. Just the fact that I'm, you know, uh, driving on this highway for 20 minutes and arriving in this city, and and now it just seems so small compared to what it did back then. And um, Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. And... What were some of your favorite groups when you first moved up here, or clubs, whatever? Chip Rock, for sure. Uh, I know, I know. I just had to throw that out there because I was kind of a I kind of gutted, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't I know like, the story of it. Um, I don't I know think anybody that, has. Anybody does. It's, I know. I'm not huge into that scene. I've never even played there, but I've been there a number great of times. Sound. And some of my dear friends, that's like their church. Oh, yeah. You know, as far as music, and that's where they go to blow off steam. Definitely. So it, you hate to see those old iconic clubs fizzle, you know. I know. I wonder what happened. I I maybe. So what was from the bands you liked? You know, I grew up. Here, I, I listen to a lot of, you know, indie rock stuff like uh, Iron and Wine and Idlewild, and uh, uh, I love this guy, Rocky Votolato. He's a singer-songwriter guy from Portland. I uh, got really in, you know, when Cigarose was kind of coming up, I got really big into that. I got big into um, bands like Anne Berlin and bands like uh, Copeland, uh, these, like, are these all local guys? No, no, these local? are these are yeah, these are national acts. Okay, um, you know, maybe in the vein of I'm trying to think of something a little bit bigger, like a, a brand new or uh, or even um, it just yeah, indie rock kind of emo, but you know, a little more rocking. Uh, Armor for Sleep uh, bands like, and then I liked singer songwriters, and I got into like I said, Rocky. He was a huge influence on me. You you totally dig him. Uh, Great singer-songwriter, dude. Just annihilates. Please, slow it down. There's a 
and um, he still he still does it. Um, you know, like even like things like the fray got into him and Matt Carney, and uh, just would go to just shows all the time. And I got to know my one of the dudes that kind of convinced me to come up this way. My friend Luke, he's worked for he worked for what was Live Nation before, like Clear Channel? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's worked for them. He worked at the old Quest. So I went to the um, Ascot Room all the time. I was up there. I was like a second home to me. And I got a job, like, being, like, the dude that hauls gear for the, you know, for the Quest and the Ascot Room. Probably... Um, so you just be like working for the quest, whatever show is going on that night. Hey, the band's here. Go help them haul stuff in and help them put it on stage. And then they have their guys actually doing sound and stuff. And so I just lived there and just What were just some of the most interesting it. bands you hauled their shit in for you? Well, I would always just flip out about every every little band. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I would just be in that part of my life. I was just, everything was just, you know, I, you know, just so new and enthralling, and you know, I got to see like Glassjaw. They, they, they like blew my freaking mind. I, I see them like years and years ago, but then I got, saw them five minutes. I mean, five, you know, five feet away from me. And um, I mean, it's hard to even like remember one just because I was just there every week. If I wasn't going to a show or getting into a show free because I knew the dude working. Uh, and I and I was basically on staff, and so they just like come on in and oh that's awesome. yeah so that was cool or just working a show and there we are you know here I am seeing another band it's it just totally I was pretty fortunate I guess looking back then it was and also it was at a point in my life where you know it was just it, it fit, fit my lifestyle I was yeah you know didn't have much going on yet I think the fine line in Olgaras were my I was just going to say fine line, too. Where I got to, where I was there all the I worked the time. there, too, for Kim. the fine line for Kim? Yeah, you remember Kim? Is she still work there? I don't know if she uh, still does, but. Yeah, she's the one. That I tried to get her on the podcast years ago, oh. and she wouldn't do it. Um, someday I would love to, because she. Uh, oh, yeah, she'd be great. Uh, we're talking about Kim King, right? Yeah, of course. And uh, Kim King's great. Hello, Kim. I'll definitely tag you on Facebook on this. <laughs> I'd still love to have you on. Um, those fine line days she remembers something me. else. Ash St. John. We were you have a cool name. You didn't make that name up? That ain't some gimmick? It is not a gimmick. My <laughs> last name is St. John. Um, my first name is actually Timothy, but my, but my dad is Timothy, so I've never been called Timothy a day in my life. Um, always been called, uh, my, actu- my name is actually Ashley, and I uh, got my name from Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I love uh, that name. Yeah, so it's a, if I it's a boy South kid, boy's boy, name. Was, I was going to use Ashley. I love that name. I think it was originally from, like, England, and then it got... Uh, it was a huge boy's name in the, the South and through all that huge that era of the Civil War and whatnot. And then I believe the way my mom tells me is I think there was a uh, soap opera in the 70s or something <laughs> like that where one of the ladies uh, named their girl Ashley and then it just, bam, every girl was named Ashley. And then it's the romantic in me. And since it's Halloween season, I was hoping it'd be after... Uh, Bruce Campbell. Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. The 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. I've been, I know, I love that. I'm a nerd there myself, and I always get the Pokemon too. There's, a, there's Ash from. Uh, so let's. So you too. and I have very like similar intros here to the music business. <laughs> I got to ask because I'm yeah. just reviewing some of the stuff. So when you first moved here, I moved here from Wisconsin. Okay. I think I moved here in 01. Was it 01? 
01. Okay. You went 04? 04. October. What were some of the first jobs you had when you came here? You said Best Buy? Yeah, I went to Best Buy and applied there right away. And I also worked at the same exact, I got hired fairly quick. Uh, before I got hired there, it took me a couple months to, because, you know, you got to go out and find the job. You got to interview, and I needed money, like, right away. And so I knew the guy that worked at the apartment I, I worked at, and so he put me on just doing, like, you know, like lawn work, groundskeeping, stuff like that, paid me under the table. And, uh, and then I got my job at Best Buy, and then shortly after I got a, I had a inter, um uh, an application in at Lifetime Fitness, and then I worked there at the at the front desk. Nice. So I've always liked to you know hit the gym and you know just run around and play racquetball and stuff. And so that was really cool because I got a free membership there. That's nice. I'm, they, a, I'm a gym head too. I love that. Yeah. So um, that was sweet. I had to share with one of my couple jobs when I first moved here from from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. One of them was at a mortuary. <laughs> that I had to help organize the records and stuff, and families would come in crying and screaming. I'd sit oh in this back gosh. room, just organize this stuff in the mortuary. <laughs> and where I teach now with Canaan Inspired Change, I drive by it every time I teach this place. And the other one I played, I think if my memory serves you right, was a penile implant place. <laughs> so, I don't know where it was. That's, I mean, I don't know. What, I don't. How do you even get this job? It was off some, what do you call that? Uh, like a manpower thing? thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I, got, I did that too. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Brutal, man. Just God bless work. people that go through that. But man, that was. I know. When you want to be know. a musician or want to do something like that, it's just so hard. You're sitting there all day just dreaming of just playing your guitar. And and so sometimes, if let's say if the show's long and shitty or something like that, you just think back to that like, oh, I'm glad I'm not back at that Bean Island. <laughs> Oh, I know. Right, Ash? I know. I've been there. <laughs> College, I don't even remember how many times I gave plasma. It's, <laughs> that's, it's running around the world somewhere. It's hundreds um, of jeepers. times. Well, we already flew through one episode here. You mind doing another episode here, Ash? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, so um, Ash St. John. <laughs> What's your website and stuff like that? How do people get a hold of you? Uh, AshStJohn.com, all one word, A-S-H-S-T-J-O-H-N. Um, Facebook, I'm easy to find. Just look at my I'm everywhere. My stuff's on Spotify and got some plans for the new year. So, And yep. I always do a story behind the song segment and then plug a song at the very end of the podcast. Oh, very cool. So do you have any songs you'd like to? I was listening to your stuff today. Yeah, do you have anything I thought, in mind? Uh, um, you have a lot of records out. Let's talk about, since we're talking about, we'll talk about past stuff. So let's go with one of your earlier ones from That's 2009. Fine. How about nice. Won't, won't Back Down? Is that cool? Oh, yeah, totally. Let's so let's talk about off your 2009 record. Faint Whisper Calling, the song won't back down. Yes. Tom Petty didn't sue you like he did Sam Smith, did he? <laughs> yeah. Have you actually listened to that and heard how close it is? Super it's like, close. Uh, I did a podcast on it with Matt Kirkwall. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yours, so you know. yours isn't close, though. No. And I don't even think I listened to much Tom Petty back then. I listened to a lot more. I actually learned... Whatever that song is. I learned that today. Fly? You got it. I learned that today. So I'm going to play that this weekend. Um, 
Anywho, yeah, so back then, Faint Whisper Calling, I just had some songs accumulated. I just, a lot of my life is just kind of luck and happenstance. I just never could afford to go into a studio and do a full length, but I happened to just get hooked up with a kid named Andy Keach, and he's to this day like one of them, just one of my best dudes, and he is amazing, and he's quite a bit younger than me. He's probably just barely hitting his mid-20s, um, but I've known him for quite a while now, so this here it is back in 2008, 2009. Heard about this kid doing, um, uh, that needed kind of like somebody to do some recording with, uh, and I was like, heck yeah, let's, let's do it. Went in there and recorded this album, and we had a great time. Um, so this song, uh, Won't Back Down, it was, you know, my attempt at being a little more poppy. Uh, I, If you listen to some of the other ones, they kind of have odd structures, and the songs just come out the way they come out. I kind of wish I could write the way that I wrote back then. I'm kind of a little bit more, I follow the formulaic stuff you know, to like, be the innocent Nazi again? A little bit, it's yeah. Tough. I heard, I, I would like even, now even analyzing some of the way, some of the notes that I would sing on some of these choruses or some of these parts, I'm like, what note is that? I could Now my brain just hears the right note as opposed to that weird note, and I didn't even know oh, I was, I, even I, I wasn't even, shit. yeah, I wasn't even trying to be weird. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just, it's just the way it came out. Anyway, so here I am recording this song, and it's like I had some of this kind of like more odd structured stuff, and I was like, well, I need a song to throw on that I thought might be a little more catchy, single-ish-y, and so this song came out very quickly. It was me writing words at a caribou uh, I used to do a lot of potbelly gigs, so the potbelly, I'm not sure if you guys know about potbelly. Oh, I, the yeah. potbelly gigs, Yeah, that was me. I was a potbelly guy. I was, <laughs> I've done, I don't even know how many locations, six or seven of them, and I would be- Do they still do that? I don't know. I don't think so. I, think, I, 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 wanna, I haven't gotten an email from them in a while. I want to say they do. They and do. back then, it wasn't a bad deal. Three hours, you got paid 15 bucks an hour, and a free sandwich. So it was like 40 bucks straight up. 45 bucks straight up and and I get a you know soup and a sandwich and they'd give you five bucks off so it would cost me like a buck and it was amazing so there I was practicing my craft doing my covers and playing some songs at various potbellies around town and I had just got done performing at my I was out of Richfield and um I went to the caribou over there and just uh, it was a Friday afternoon, and I was feeling super inspired, and I was like, the lights of the city, and so like the song begins, I'm headed out tonight, away from my own life, and uh, and it's like feeling thankful, seeing like beautiful people and children around, and and feeling that you got that drive, that dream, and not going to back down, and you're going to go for it, and so I just wrote down, and that was one of the weird songs for me, I always wrote the um, the music first, and then as I'm playing the music, certain words would just kind of just make themselves available and then that they would just turn into a song somehow and sometimes it was a little bit disjointed so this one felt like more of a cohesive uh story because i actually physically sat down and wrote some words and then and then put it to music later and uh, and it came out very very easily and that chorus kind of uh kind of soars up into my falsetto and i was like it just happened that song was like super easy for me and we got into the studio and very new to producing and producing my own stuff and putting on extra uh, guitar parts and, you know. Um, is there any fiddle on that one? There is. There is. It starts off right off at the beginning. There's that, and then that was just him putting up a mic and, and he didn't know any more than I did. And I was like, <laughs> he's, he pushes play and, and and I just play some nice legato, very smooth uh, melodies above this 
sort of, uh, you know, picky guitar thing. And it turned out to be super cool. And still to this day, you know, I got, I don't have many followers uh, on Spotify and stuff quite yet. I'd like to get there someday. Um, but that's like a song that always comes up. I see that song being played at various places around the world. And it's like, somehow that song like resonates and it's still, and still does. It's a cool tune, man. Thanks. All right. Please tune in next week for part two with Ash St. John. (laughs) Thanks for tuning into this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go with some fun. Till next time.
Timing's up, I think I heard you say 